Aftershock. Shock. Four days, October 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th, 2021, with Metallica. And the much anticipated return of My Chemical Romance. Aftershock, Discovery Park, Sacramento. Two different nights, two unique sets from Metallica. With My Chemical Romance, Rancid, Social Distortion, Rise Against, The Offspring, Mashika Kelly, Gojira, Seether, The Pretty Reckless, Full Beat, and a special Thursday night headline set from Limp Biscuit. Go to AfterShockFestival.com for more. Aftershock 2021, October 7th through 10th. Metallica, My Chemical Romance, Limp Bizkit, Social Distortion, Machine Kelly, and more. Don't miss Aftershock. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the one and only Rock and Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the one and only Rock and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host with the most, Nick. And before we jump into this week's episode, I want to talk about last week's. Got a great feedback on the 30th anniversary of Metallica's Black Album with my good buddy Darren. Uh, we talked all about everything Metallica, any just music talk in general. I love having Darren on because we nerd out and talk all about about music, but this week is a solo show indeed. It was a big, big, big weekend of pro wrestling, and I figured, you know what? What's more important than just talking about the huge weekend that was? So I'm going to start off with the first big thing, but before we get into that, make sure you follow the podcast on all social media including the old Twitter machine at Nick's R&W Podcast, Facebook, Nick's Rock and Wrestling Podcast, or Instagram, Rock and Wrestling Podcast. Leave a five-star review if you think I've earned it as well. Go to patreon.com slash R&W Podcast or prowrestlingtees.com slash R&W Podcast or rockandwrestlingpodcast.com for more merchandise options. But let's jump right into it. Friday night, the Rampage, the, the first dance United Center, Chicago, 
Obviously, it was very, very rumored that this is where CM Punk was going to debut for AEW. And I, I, you know, they did a media scrum after the show with Punk and Tony Khan, and, and they talked about how it was kind of like the worst-kept secret in pro wrestling. And uh, it is very, it's very different from when I grew up and people would show up, you know, I obviously I've mentioned growing up in the Monday Night Wars and you know and you had ECW too where guys jumped from company to company when contracts were up and such but it was very you didn't you didn't really know like you do t- today it was very much like if somebody showed up on Raw or showed up on Nitro it was very much of a surprise you know I think a couple of the big ones that I go back to is is X-Pac showing up the night after WrestleMania 14 didn't you know you didn't have a clue on that obviously Rick Rude appearing both on Nitro and Raw that was a big one uh so there's you know there you when you think about back to that the time when there was no internet or social media you you really didn't know and, and in this case I think everybody kind of knew that Punk was going to debut they had teased it a big announcement you know biggest in AEW history is the biggest crowd in AEW history and it was to me I'm going to always remember where I'm at I've always remember where I was when Sting took on Hogan or I always remember where I was when Austin won his first title or when Sting for me when Sting debuted in WWE or you know, when, where were you when Austin stunned McMahon? You know, those, those classical moments. You know, were you there in the crowd? Were you, what were you doing? And I'm going to always remember it, this one because it was so huge. And, and I think you have to go back and you have to look at CM Punk. You know, to me, wrestling was very, very PG, very clean, in the WWE through, you know, the PG era, through those mid-2000s, and CM Punk was kind of like one of those guys, you know, that he bucked the system. He was a very, to me, he was, uh, you know, Roddy Piper and Stone Cold kind of rolled into one, very against the grain, but you knew it was going to kind of never work based on what you've heard you know, everything that's gone down. We don't, I don't need to recap every single thing there. But you just kind of, you knew, and, and there's more things that come out about guys being very unhappy there. But the minute that music hit on Friday, I jumped out of my, my chair in my place. I'm screaming like I'm in the crowd. I mean, you listen to the pop. I mean, it was so damn loud. Even on TV, you could barely hear a cult of personality. I mean, you could hear it in the background, but very, very lightly. So that was cool. To me, what I really liked was when he came out, you could kind of see him get emotional the way Edge got emotional when he returned at the Royal Rumble a couple of years ago. Well, about a, yeah, a couple of years ago now at this point. Um, you could tell just the emotion hits you because these fans are, are so thankful and so craving this guy. You know, you, you waited for so long, you know, seven, eight years you know, Punk coming back. And not only that, you know, it's always been rumored that, you know, would Punk be in AEW? Would he ever come back to wrestling? And it was ju- it just a whole lot of emotion. And then he did 
so cool to stage and dive into into you know into the crowd. Very very cool, very good stuff. Uh, his promo was powerful. I liked the fact that he put over like Britt Baker, and then he challenged Darby. I really liked that he referenced Ring of Honor, and that, to me that was probably the biggest thing from the promo is him saying I left professional wrestling in 2005 when he left Ring of Honor and went to WWE because WWE is branded as sports entertainment and now in August in 2021 I'm returning to pro wrestling with AEW and it's going to be exciting man it's it's punk is great on the microphone we know that there's some great dream matchups, you know, with Kenny, the Bucks, even maybe Cody. You know, there's a lot Punk can do. And, you know, Punk has always been a great heel. But I don't think, right, to me, Punk's going to be a huge, he's going to be the baby face of the company, man, for, for, for a while. Because there's so much excitement about him being back. And I think this is the right fit, the right company. It's the right time. Uh, he's going to be able to do kind of what he wants I think he's gonna have a say in what he wants I liked in the media scrum he didn't say no I'm not part-time not this any of this um and not gonna reveal my contract any of that I like in the promo too he mentioned I've got Wednesday Friday the pay-per-views I got all the time in the world so it, it was it's such a moment and uh, to me, I think it'll be, when it comes down in history, it's going to be up there with the Hogan heel turn. It's going to be up there with, you know, Hogan Andre. It's going to be up there with Austin Stunn and McMahon. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be up there in terms of moments. And to me right now, it's it's the biggest moment in AEW history based on what we saw and what this means to wrestling. I know people I people want to get into it on on social media. No, it's not Hogan turning heel. I mean that changed the business. It's not Stone Cold, but it has a potential down the road, I think, depending on how things go and what more talent comes into WWE and not WWE but AEW that it could really push WWE against the wall. I, I think WWE is such a big company now. You're not going to see the death of it or anything like that. But this is a situation where, you know, WCW gave them a run for their money, but WCW made the huge falter that they did some bad creative things. They did something, you know, they, they, they got it on their morals. Oh, we've kicked their ass for 83 weeks. We're going to continue with that. I think AEW is a little bit different in that you have one guy making the decision and Tony Khan. You don't have like a booking committee. You don't have, you know, Eric Bischoff running it with Ted Turner's money. It's Tony Khan running it with his money, making his decisions. And Tony listens to his fan base. And that's such a huge thing because I think we as wrestling fans have gotten a little jaded with the WWE and that they don't really listen to us or give us what we want. They do what's best for their company which I can't falter anybody for. I not I don't run a wrestling company. I don't run a big business, but I, you know, you do what's best for your company, but it feels like AEW always gives the fan what they want. And what I really enjoyed about the fact of the matter is they gave you punk right at the start. They did not, you know, let's not wait till the end of the show. Let's not linger. Let's not you know, really screw our other performers by pe- chaining CM Punk all night. 
let's just give it to them. And they gave it to you right at the top. It was a moment, you know, ESPN and Sports Center were reporting it. I mean, it's it's a huge moment, and it's it's. I think it's all about the follow up too. What do you do? I think his first match with Darby Allen. I don't think there's a feud there. I just think it's a it's a great opportunity to see a great young star in Darby Allen wrestling CM Punk in his first match back. You know, I think you know Punk could be that guy. You know. They're doing a great job in building up the elite. Eventually, I think you can get a guy like Punk, who's such an over babyface at the moment, to be the guy to take down the elite. So that would be a lot of fun. So I'm excited about it. One more note before we jump, I jump into the other kind of big things from the weekend was uh, as soon as he went up there, I remember just like Sting. When Sting debuted in AEW, they had new merch up right away. I went and bought the shirt, the hat, the sweatshirt. I wanted to get Punk's new AEW shirt and crashed the damn website. I couldn't get through Friday night. Could barely get through Saturday morning. Finally, about late Saturday morning, was able to buy a shirt. You know, so incredible. He said, crashed the website, set record for 24 hours in, in terms of uh, sales. Incredible. That shows he's over. Cult of Personality by Living Color is in the charts. I mean, you want to talk about over. He's moving things, and that's huge for AEW. So I think it's just a continued thing. We know the rumors about Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan possibly coming to AEW, possibly Bray Wyatt, possibly Adam Cole. A lot going on. and It, it, just, it just reminds me of being a kid again here in the 90s where you don't know who's going to show up on what show. But more... I feel like who's going to show up on AEW? WWE doesn't have this thing of surprises and people showing up anymore, you know. And we're gonna I'm gonna get into that here shortly. If they, if they have anybody come back, it's somebody that's been gone away or a part timer. It's not oh my god that guy from, that was on the other show now he's here. So it's it's interesting, but I'm super stoked for it, and we'll we'll see kind of tonight how the, how the follow up is on Dynamite. But super excited that CM Punk. It's back. Now, the other big event of the weekend, obviously, was SummerSlam, Allegiant Stadium, Las Vegas. Going into it, I was not super excited. You know, it just, to me, it felt like they kind of a thrown-together card. There were a couple matches. You know, I was really excited for Reigns and Cena, uh, you know, because that's a huge matchup. It's a huge main event. Not only that, I've become a big Roman fan. I was not a Roman fan in the, you know, the Shield days loved him, but once they broke him up and they've been force-feeding him, I was not a fan of all. But this run in this last year, especially probably in the about since January, has been just incredible. And I've become a huge fan. Even though he's a heel, I, he's doing the best work of his career, and they're building something with him where he's becoming that massive star that they've wanted him to be you know, several years ago, but they're doing it through his heel work. You know, I, you know, there were some good matches. I, I you know, RK Bro winning the tag titles is good. It was good to see Damian Priest win the U.S. title, you know, and there were, there was some weird stuff, Alexa Bliss and Eva Marie, you know, you know, the Usos versus Rey Mysterio and Dominic, you know, was was good, you know, but to me, the two big things that I think WWE knew is they had to get some headlines 
based on what happened Friday night. I don't care what anybody says that, okay, they may not look at AEW's competition or whatever, but when a guy like CM Punk creates a moment like that where it's on ESPN's website, it's on SportsCenter's Twitter, you got to do something to get some headlines, especially when you've got a relationship with Fox, and Fox is probably looking and going, hey, what's going on over here with this other wrestling company? They probably got it, you know. I, th- you know, I think, I think Becky, w- w- the Becky return was awesome. I loved it. I love Becky Lynch. Obviously, there's been the report. You can kind of tell through what they did with Bianca and her squashing Bianca that she's going to be a heel. I don't think it's going to work. You know, they tried it once. You know, they tried to turn Becky heel at SummerSlam in 2018. Next thing you know, in a couple of months, the man is born, and she's a huge baby face. She's just got, she to me, she's the female Stone Cold Steve Austin, where I don't think you make her a heel or a baby face. You just let her be herself, and it gets over. And... I don't think her tr- try- them trying to portray heel is going to work for Becky. P- people have missed Becky since she's been gone for this time. They they want to cheer. She's organic. The organic, you know, push that she got and how she got over. I don't think people want to boo her. So I don't, I don't think it'll work. But it was great to see Becky. And I, I was excited and super excited. Um, the other weird kind of thing I noticed from SummerSlam was... Uh, the Goldberg-Bobby Lashley match, you know, obviously they're trying to, you know, make Bobby this dominant champion, but it felt like they were, like, based on what they did, there's going to be, like, a continuation of the story, which is very awkward because Goldberg's a part-timer, doesn't make a lot of sense to have another match with Goldberg and Lashley, Where, what direction are they going, just just weird, I just wanted to touch on that, but then going to, to the Roman Cena match, and what I like about Roman's matches, especially in this last year, it's not about moves. It's not about look at what we're doing. It's about telling the story. And I, it made even more sense with John being in there, and he talked about trying to get the one, two, three, and all the promos leading up to the match. And that's all he was doing. He was trying to get quick roll-ups. He was trying to get big moves, all this stuff. But Roman just decimated him. And that's what's been kind of cool about this Roman, you know, this this role he's been on is he's just for the most part he's decimated people uh he's just decimated everybody he's wrestled and that's what's so great i i have my opinions on what do you do are they going to eventually turn him baby face who's the face that can take him down do you do a double turn all all that but then obviously the final big thing is after he beats cena he's standing in the middle of the ring and out comes Brock. Now, I think the Brock thing was pushed up a little bit. I think that they knew they had Becky returning, which was, it's a big return, but does it rival CM Punk? No. Brock Lesnar showing up and getting in Roman's face, does it rival CM Punk? No, but at least it gives you a little bit more of a headline with Becky returns and then Brock returns. It gives them... A little bit of piece of the pie, the wrestling news cycle um, for the weekend. I mean, I still think CM Punk returning was the biggest wrestling thing in a long time that would garner some mainstream stuff. But Brock coming back, and I'm very interested to see how this Brock and Roman plays out because 
We know their history. They've gone back. They've had two WrestleMania main events, 31 and 34, countless other matches at SummerSlam and Crown Jewel. And it, it, they've had some good matches, some great matches, but the fans have shitted on it because they don't want, they didn't want Roman to be the guy to beat Brock. Now it's flipped where Roman is the hated guy and Brock is the baby face and it's going to work because how can you not cheer Brock? The one thing you, you boo him for is that he beat the streak. But outside of that, he's a legitimate badass. I mean, he's a le- he, one of the few guys probably walking the face of the earth that could kill another human being with his bare hands. Why would you not cheer Brock Lesnar? Especially in this situation. But the one thing that I'm a little concerned about is I want a long story with this. I don't think they should hot shot the match. And also, I don't think Roman should dominate and just beat Brock and then that be it. it you know, you've kind of seen what Roman's done with everybody he's faced. You know, it's been kind of a one-off match. You know, he did the triple threat at Mania, beat Daniel Bryan, beat Roman Reigns, beat an Edge. Then it was a Daniel Bryan feud. See you later, Daniel Bryan. Then Edge comes back, smash Edge. He's just been kind of smashing people. And I don't think you can do that with Brock. I mean, would it be believable? I don't I don't think so. I think you have to have a situation where, you know, Roman does something dastardly to get beat Brock or attack him before the match, something, because I don't think you're going to buy into Roman just smashing Brock Lesnar. I think there ain't nobody on the face of the earth that's just going to smash Brock Lesnar. So it's interesting. And then you obviously have the Paul Heyman dynamic, you know, He's with Roman now, but he's been the advocate for Brock for pretty much Brock's entire WWE career. There's a lot of routes they can go. And and it was just interesting to me because I knew, I don't want to say I knew, but I think all wrestling fans anticipated that something would go down at that end of that main event because you, you can't just go off the air, I think, with Roman at that point, especially when Punk had returned the night before on AEW, and that was such a massive headline. I think they knew, hey, we got to have something, and, and Brock and Roman is good. I think a lot of people, I thought it would be The Rock, the way they were pumping up. The stars are out in Vegas. I really thought The Rock would show up, but obviously that's a, a WrestleMania thing, and, and who knows if you'll ever, if they'll do The Rock-Roman thing. I think that would be a great story, but... I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Brock. I think seeing Brock as a babyface, I remember in 03 when he was a babyface for a little while there. It was fun. It's going to be interesting to see how the mic work works because Brock isn't exactly, you know, the greatest stick man. But I think if they let him be himself, I think he could do a good good job. But what a wrestling weekend it was, man. It was, it was also great to see crowds, you know, packed crowds back. And it's going to be interesting coming into the fall, man, like, you know, AEW's got a lot of momentum. You know, I think SmackDown's a really good show. You know, interesting to see. We've all, you know, heard the rumors about the change of NXT. And then you have Monday Night Raw, which to me is my least favorite. I'm not going to sit here and shit on it for the next 10 minutes. They just don't do a lot for me right now on Monday Night Raw. But great wrestling weekend. Wanted to re- kind of recap, give them a little bit of my opinions on it. Appreciate it. I appreciate everybody's support, man. Episode 185. 15 more episodes till episode 200. I appreciate everybody's support. You know, <coughs> going to be doing some different things now with the show. 
you know, in my third, coming into fourth year doing this, you know, more solo shows, maybe more countdown shows. I enjoy talking wrestling, talking rock and roll. Sometimes there's not guests, and I'll, I'll be transparent, you know, there's a lot of wrestlers and a lot of bands right now that are unsure what's going on. You know, there's some people are getting their tours canceled. Some people aren't. You know, it, it, it's, it's kind of a wild west. So a lot of people, some people are doing media, some aren't. But I'll guarantee you there'll be a rock and wrestling podcast every Wednesday for the most part if I'm not deathly ill like I was a couple of weeks ago. So I appreciate everybody's support. You know the socials. Check it out, man. I appreciate everybody's support. And until then, same bat time, same bat channel next Wednesday for all things rock and wrestling right here at the Rock and Wrestling Podcast. Until then, peace. I'm out. Aftershock 2021, October 7th through the 10th, Discovery Park, Sacramento, with two nights of Metallica and the much-anticipated return of My Chemical Romance. Aftershock. With Rancid, Limp Biscuit, Social Distortion, Rise Against, The Offspring, Machine Gun Kelly, Cedar, The Pretty Reckless, Full Beat, and more. Go to AfterShockFestival.com for everything. Don't miss Aftershock. Burn.